What's up, everyone? We're here for another episode of Locked On Bucks, and Frank is here, which means that something that I've been waiting to do all week, we can go through his updated list of potential free agent targets for the Bucks this offseason. So we're going to run through a bunch of different names that potentially could be options for Milwaukee and see which ones we like and see which ones you like. Uh, so let's get started. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. show monday to friday also find some muller work over at espn alongside me is the founder of brewhoop.com and a long time voice of the podcast frank madden we always thank you for making locked on bucks your first listen of every day particularly during the off season but we are actually only a week away from the draft which feels kind of crazy it's it's happened quickly we're sitting here right now frank we, we were just discussing this the warriors are the champions which i guess means the bucks officially aren't defending champions anymore that time has come and gone. Uh, I think we're probably happy with the result. The good guys won in the end. Is that fair to say? <laughs> well, at a minimum, the bad guys lost. Um, That's right. You know, I, I <laughs> um, let me let me first make an admission, Kane. Um, yes. I feel like you know I probably come across as like a mild mannered. I mean, I'm, I think I'm a nice well, person. Yeah, uh, that said, when it comes to really any fandom but especially basketball fandom because i am obviously a, a buck uh, a basketball fan more than, than any other sport um i have just like a total i am just when it, if you're not the bucks generally speaking i'm a freaking hater like yeah. you know player haters ball from Chappelle show like you know put the top hat on <laughs> me um i'm i'm a hater like i i a <laughs> this probably isn't very healthy <laughs> But probably a disproportionate amount of my time thinking about basketball when it's not about the Bucks is rooting against like the rivals of the Bucks, which is, you know, like kind of like the the usual suspects in the Eastern Conference, right? Like I don't don't worry that much about the Western Conference, although I kind of picked up a distaste for for the Phoenix Suns after the <laughs> after the finals <laughs> last year. But um but yeah, I uh I mean, you know, I think we were probably talking about it before the 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 playoffs, right? Like who, who would you not mind seeing win if it's not the Bucks? Like, who would you be okay with coming out of the East? And it's like, well, I mean, especially because I lived in Boston for 15 years. Like, I came to hate the Celtics, like, very strongly from that. <laughs> and then the fact that the Bucks lose to the Celtics in the playoffs this year and just, like, Marcus Smart and, like, you know, we had seven games with the Celtics. Like, it's hard to, like, not dislike a team after you kind of go through that. Um, so I was like, you know, anybody but the Celtics. I usually am like that. I was definitely like that this yeah. year in the playoffs. Um, and the Heat, I've always generally disliked as well. Obviously, the Bucks lost to the Heat in the bubble, which kind of started that. Now, obviously, wiping them out in the first round last year, kind of like, you know. Why is my... Why is my wow. uh, uh, thank you to Siri. Why is my Siri, 
Why is my Syria rubbing it in that the Heat were the first first? We've moved on from the standings, uh, Syria. Okay, we're into the off season, but thank you for Um, that. (laughs) So, uh, so I mean, I root against the the Heat. Um, I I absolutely root against the Sixers. Um, And I would say this too: like, there's sort of the like teams that are rivals of the Bucks, and there's also the like players who are rivals of Giannis in terms of like Mm. kind of like the historical pecking order, MVP races, things like that. So, um, I mean, I don't. I don't mind Jokic at all, actually, but mm. I feel obligated to root against him during the regular season just because I, <laughs> you know, again, want the Bucks to, to Giannis to be an MVP again, blah, blah, blah. Especially root against Embiid because is Embiid that likable? I mean, you know, just the free throw stuff and whatever, like, screw him. So, um, so yeah, so bottom line is, like, it's kind of hard <laughs> for me to get to the end of the season if the Bucks don't win a championship and feel kind of happy. But with the Warriors, it's kind of like, we already know Steph's one of the all-time greats, top 10 player of all time. He's super likable, right? I mean, in the yeah. grand scheme of likable superstars, there's Giannis, there's Steph. I mean, is any, I don't, off the top of my head, like, is anybody else really close to them as far as just, like, pure likability? I I would argue probably not. Um, job, job, and, but Jar's not a superstar yet. That's right. And, you know, he hasn't hasn't won anything. Um, right. And and I think uh, so. So yeah, I, I was and and you know I, I didn't watch all of the finals. I probably watched about like half of the minutes probably of the finals this year. Um, but I absolutely relished uh, <laughs> the Warriors winning the last two games in particular, last three games in particular, I guess. Um, and uh, you know just to see the Celtics kind of put in their place. And uh, again, you know, th- does this diminish the well the Bucks? should have won the championship argument. Yeah, because, you know, if the Celtics had won, you could be like, oh, well, the Bucs, if they'd been healthy, they could have beaten the Celtics, which, you know, whatever. Like, do I think if Chris Melton was healthy, the Bucs beat the Celtics? Probably. But we know you can't live in hypotheticals, right? After you win a championship and you kind of appreciate all the crap that has to break your way and the things that happen. And again, just that's just part of the sport. So it is what it is. Um, but I, I think, again, Steph's super likable. Clay is super likable. Um, I don't mind Draymond. <laughs> a lot of people might say that he's he's not super likable, but he's a podcaster. So I mean, you know, Kane, we have to we have to appreciate Draymond to a certain basically, extent. Basically, a colleague. Exactly, exactly. He's pretty much one of us. Um, <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So I kind of felt seeing this the 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 Warriors win tonight. It was a no brainer for me to be rooting for the Warriors. They were probably the team that I was rooting for in the West probably from the start, more or less, you know, if you kind of throw, I mean, again, like I'm not expecting like the Wolves to, to win a championship. So, um, so yeah, that was, it was fun to watch. It was fun to see Jason. I wish Jason Tatum had saved a performance like that for game six in Milwaukee, but, uh, but uh, he was a fucking turd this series, which was pretty, pretty funny to watch and uh, pretty much no show tonight, which, you know, again, maybe the just playing too many minutes all, all playoffs kind of finally caught up with him, but um, you know, he's one of those guys, right? Like we, we've kind of talked about how he's kind of a front runner when things are going well for the Celtics, like, man, it just seems like he piles on and um, it just seems like, you know, in these games, especially when they got down, um, he just never, never could figure out how to, how to solve the Warriors defense, which, you know, give them a ton of credit. They scored pretty much all series on that Boston defense, which was so vaunted and the Celtics obviously struggled and, um, you know, turnovers and, you know, just, again, I think the, the, the questions that you had about the Celtics six months ago, right? Like, do they have the right, the right level of point guard play? 
playmaking, et cetera, you, you started to actually feel that here finally in, in the finals where, uh, again, Tatum just, you know, could not get anything going consistently. Jalen Brown had, you know, long stretches of kind of turnoveritis, and obviously Marcus Smart is just, you know, a human roller coaster ride. So, um, so yeah, screw the Celtics. Um, hopefully they never get back to the finals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this was it. Um, but you know, I mean, again, from the Bucks perspective, I mean, you're gonna have to be dealing with the Celtics for years to come. Other than you know Al Horford, they're a super young team. So. Um, as we kind of go into the off season, obviously, I think a lot of us probably, as we think about, you know, kind of maybe transitioning into this discussion, um, you know, I, I would say the Celtics are the team that you probably think about first in terms of how are you going to match up? What are the what kind of, what kind of players do the Bucks need? Uh, how do the Bucks need to change stylistically? What do the Bucks need to be able to do to come out of the East and ultimately try to win another championship next year? Uh, Celtics are not the only team, obviously, in the East, but I think if you build a roster that can score on and and defend and and beat the Celtics, you know, I I think you probably have a roster that can beat Miami, a roster that can beat um, Philly, and again, I I don't really spend much time worrying about the West because only one of those teams can ever come out, and and you have to you know have to play them in the finals. Um, but again, I think even the Warriors, obviously, I don't. I don't think the Warriors are like infallible, right? This was not the KD Steph prime Warriors that just kind of destroyed everybody. And again, even those teams had, uh, you know, a couple bobbles. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, all, all things considered, I'd say a good end to the, uh, to the regular, to the, to the, to the 21, 22 season. And um, now I'm, I'm looking forward to the draft and the free agency. And, you know, actually we get a, actually obviously started talking about it. I'm, I'm excited to kind of kind of dig into this a bit more which obviously last year was like you know our heads were still spinning and um you know many of us were felt like we were on a you know two-month bender in the off season <laughs> celebrating a championship which i still really appreciate i'm not bitter about the bucks losing i i in some ways we remain on the high of uh of everything that happened last year and i appreciate it in some ways even more after uh, after falling short this year so so yeah so uh i don't know kane um, I'm, I'm i'm in a good place yeah well I, I think it's a decent point you make because last year i don't even know whether we even had time or even bothered having any a draft discussion obviously there wasn't a lot to talk about but free agents and stuff it felt like stuff was happening before we'd even we'd even uh gotten into it i think we got a, a text halfway through a podcast we were doing the bucks have signed shemi ojale what do we think about that this has just happened while we're live on the podcast anyway uh that that one obviously didn't work changing let's get into some free agent names uh but you already said it's basically let's be honest the season's finished so the road to 2022 23 i I guess has officially begun and betonline.net is the number one place for all your sports betting stats and sports info now i've got the odds in front of me here for the 2023 nba championship the warriors are favorites that might not surprise anyone. The Celtics are second favorite, which is a little interesting. They're six to one. Brooklyn seven to one. Then you got the Clippers and Bucks uh, next eight to one. Phoenix are there. Dallas are there. If you want a bit of value, uh, what about the Los Angeles Lakers at twenty to one? Is anyone excited about that possibility? Uh, what about the New York Knicks one fifty to one? So I tell you what, there is some great value you can find at BetOnline.net. Uh, go on there and check out all the odds for next season. It's uh, they also have different sports. Uh, whether it's the Stanley Cup that you want to get into, NFL, obviously, starting to, uh, I guess they're practicing or whatever they do in the offseason. So shout out to those guys. But head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's Bet Online. 
uh, where the game starts. And uh, I mentioned the Lister survey we've got. Go check it out. Give us a good feedback, some, some advice, things you want us to do differently. Whatever you think about this podcast, we appreciate uh, your advice. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. Uh, that'll get you one beer at Fireserve Forum. So t- take our audience survey. Go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey. Uh, we appreciate the help. All right, Frank, let's get into this. As I pull up Frank's Bucks cap spreadsheet extravaganza, which, by the way, uh, you can find uh, the link for this. It's a great tool. If you're a Bucks fan, it's got really all the info you need for the offseason. It's it's great stuff. F Madden, uh, at F Madden NBA on Twitter, and you can find the link there. Uh, on this show, we want to talk about uh, the free agent possibilities for this team. And we've discussed it. And if you want to go back a couple of weeks, you can find a full salary cap explainer episode that we got. And Frank went through that. Uh, but you may as well take it from the top here. So we know that options are going to be potentially limited for the Bucs. You've got a list of about 10 guys here that could be potential free agent uh, targets for the Bucs. So where do you want to start? Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> I'll I'll post this on my Twitter account too, just a snapshot of, of this. Um, yep. You know, first off, I don't have any restricted free agents in here just because mm-hmm. they just don't tend to change teams and, you know, the most the Bucks can offer somebody is going to be the taxpayer mid-level, which is going to be you know six point something million dollars starting salary. So it's just not not a whole lot to to tempt a, a really worthwhile player who's a restricted free agent. Certainly not to the point that you'd expect uh, a good team not to immediately match it. So focusing on the unrestricted free agents, obviously there's some guys who have options who you know have to make decisions before the end of the month, um, and we'll get into the kind of the trade targets. The trade targets might be more. more interesting um yeah the downside is all those require you to ship out you know either grayson allen or george hill which again i i understand most people are probably gonna say like sign me up right whatever <laughs> um but to get somebody who's actually good you're gonna have to give up you know contracts uh and grayson allen i think can play right now can he be a consistent guy who helps you every playoff series maybe not but i think that's kind of the the reality of most role players even solid role players is like some series are just not going to be useful at all, right? I mean, we saw that with Bobby Portis last year. Um, it happens, you know. I mean, the stars are the stars because they show up every series, game to game, consistency, and role players in the playoffs. I just think are just much more of a mixed bag. So, um, I think looking at the the free agents, I'll I'll read off the list here just so people know. Like again, this was kind of my perusing the list, and similar to I think when we talked about the draft and kind of off season needs, um, there's really two archetypes of guys that I have on my list for the most part. Uh, and I should say, first off, I am again assuming that Bobby Portis likely is back, right? We've heard intimations as such from Mark Stein and others that, you know, I think Mark Stein framed it as other teams were, you know, not expecting him to uh, to to really be doing a whole lot of shopping in free agency, uh, we had our, our real estate rumor mill that he was looking for a house in Milwaukee. So again, very good chance that that Bobby is back, I think would make us all happy in our heart of hearts if Bobby Portis is back. Um, and again, I do think also Pat Connaughton will be back, but as we saw in the Celtics series, you know, the Bucks are basically one injury away from being very, very, very thin uh, on the wing. 
And so I think targeting either a you know shooting guard who can slot in for basically the Grayson Allen slash Wes Matthews spot and hopefully give you a more consistent, you know, maybe a little bit more offense um, while still giving you maybe not kind of the defense that Wes Matthews gave you, but but still more than Grayson Allen, let's say. Um, that's certainly one one thing that you'd be looking for. And then I think the other kind of archetype is maybe not like a pure power forward. And again, not like a big man, since I just don't think there's going to be minutes with Bobby, Brooke, and Giannis presumably back. Again, can you take a flyer on a you know center or something like that just to have? Sure. But you're not going to go spend you know your full mid-level to get a guy that probably isn't going to play much or at all in the playoffs, right? <clears throat> Serge Ibaka. Um, <laughs> to be clear, I don't think Serge is getting $6 million from anyone, but um, obviously they give up a lot of assets to uh, to have him not be a factor in the playoffs. So um, so everybody I've got on my list is pretty much you know a 2-3 or a 3-2 or a guy who is kind of like a what I would say like a combo forward, a guy that could play in, again, the small ball lineups with Giannis at center and give you at least, you know, either the defensive switchability and, and versatility that you want, or maybe a little less defense, but, uh, but some shooting. So, um, so as far as the free agents go, the list I had and ping us, if we think we missed anyone, the list I had was Gary Harris, Otto Porter Jr. NBA champion, Otto Porter Jr. That's right. Uh, it's a big Nicola, but, Yeah. Nicola Batum, Bruce Brown, Derek Jones Jr., TJ Warren, Stanley Johnson, Daniel House, and Thad Young. And pretty varied group there in terms of age, again, in terms of kind of position. Um, maybe I'll start with um, kind of with the top of the list. And again, I'll start with the guys who I, th- I think the, the challenge for the Bucks is they can only offer the taxpayer mid-level. So if you told me that Gary Harris, Otto Porter, Nicola Batum, even Bruce Brown, Derek Jones Jr. and TJ Warren, that all of them got a little more than the tax for a mid-level. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, I think some of those guys will come in at the tax for a mid-level or perhaps slightly below that. Um, I think some of these guys could get like Gary Harris, um, Bruce Brown, uh, maybe even Otto Porter Jr. I think, I mean, some of his kind of defensive versatility, you know, in a kind of high leverage situation maybe was questioned, became a little questionable after the finals. But um, those guys could be full mid-level guys. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that like, oh, yeah, $6 million in the box will we'll get Gary Harris, Jr., Gary Harris. I don't know that. So there may be some optimism in this. Um, but again, there's at least some guys that like, you know, maybe depending on how the market works out, maybe there are guys that you can target there. And again, in terms of what that contract might look like, if you're trying to give them the most kind of player friendly deal, um, you know, most of these guys, especially the guys who are not like really old, they might honestly only really want like the taxpayer mid-level, like a one plus one player option type situation. It's because, you know, basically like, well, I'm worth more, but Hey, maybe I'll go win a championship and I'll, you know, give myself a player option next year or I can opt out and try to get more money. Right. Um, TJ Warren for sure is a really interesting case because I mean, he basically hasn't played in two years, so he's been super injured. Um, really intriguing guy was incredible in the bubble, just a pure score bucket getter again, defensively, like how's he going to look in, you know, the East finals or the, the finals <laughs> playing against high leverage minutes. 
that's, I would say, a big question. Um, but also, if you're looking at a Bucks team that obviously lacked bucket getting, <laughs> especially when Chris Middleton got hurt, that could be interesting. So, um, so that's kind of the the group that that I had. I, I I would say Stanley Johnson, Daniel House, Thad Young. Those are the guys that I'm not sure those guys are are going to get like full tax pyramid level. Um, I again probably like Stanley Johnson. You know, I think. He, he actually looked good against the Bucs, so I'm a little hesitant to kind of overweight that. But again, big wing, um, had some nice moments for the Lakers, uh, never became the scorer that people hoped he was when he was, I think, the eighth overall pick. Daniel House had some moments for the Rockets and kind of disappeared and then resurfaced last year. Um, again, those two guys, not they're not old, um, but again, are they you know going to get tax free mid-level money? I don't think so. So those guys might be kind of more like the value bin type type shopping options. Um, and again, we'll see if the Bucks would have any interest in those guys. Uh, remember when we thought Stanley Johnson was coming to Milwaukee in the, Thad, the Thon Maker trade? Um, yeah. And then Thad Young is interesting because he's so old. <laughs> he's so <laughs> old that like, is he going to get multiple years from somebody? Like maybe, right? But is somebody give him like two years and like the tax for mid-level? Like, uh, I don't know. And I'm, again, he kind of comes and goes as a shooter. Um, he's a pretty good passer, was really good for the Bulls uh, a couple of years back, but then didn't really play much for the Spurs and then was kind of eh, for the Raptors last year. But I mean, he did play. He did play in the playoffs. Didn't really distinguish himself from from what I saw really against uh, the Sixers. So again, um, I don't think there's a you know obvious home run here, at least that you know you could get for tax pyramid level money. Um, but let me put it to you. I mean, again, Gary Harris, Otto Porter, Nicola Batum, Bruce Brown, Derek Jones Jr., TJ Warren, Stanley Johnson, Daniel House, Stad Young. Do any of those or multiple of those guys kind of pop for you? Like, again, if you're John Horst um, and you're optimistically calling agents uh, only when the free agency window begins, not a minute sooner, uh, where would you kind of start with that group? Yeah, maybe just because I've just watched him. but And again, yeah, maybe there were some de- defensive question marks. But Otto Porter Jr. literally did have some good moments this season. And I did, 20 minutes ago, watch him hit several big threes in big moments when it looked like Boston were making a run. So that's that's uh, pretty close in my mind right now. Uh, it's interesting. When I was looking at the list, I kind of broke it up by in my head. Who can I actually <laughs> What actually feels like it might happen? And so I immediately went to the old guys with <laughs> Batum. And Thad Young, because, you know, uh, when you talk about guys, I don't think either of those guys have a title. It's like, well, where do they want to play? And maybe Batum sits back and says, well, I'm at the Clippers. I had a role there last year. They're about to get healthy. Maybe he just goes back there. I'm not sure. But Batum and Thad Young looked as guys that were at least semi-realistic. And then I'm just intrigued by TJ Warren. We spoke about uh, Oladipo last year. And I just looked it up here because I couldn't remember what he got. So I just think it's really interesting what he's going to get paid because I think ideally with a guy or with the the taxpayer mid-level, you would probably not have to use that on a guy that is a complete risk that might end up being a zero. Like that, that if you're going to use this, you would like to use it on a guy that you believe is going to be reliable and going to be able to play. Oladipo, I, I, as, if this is right, I just looked up on spot check, looked like he signed a $2.6 million deal last year. So I'm fascinated. If you could convince... TJ Warren, or if you were fortunate enough to get him on a deal that was that cheap, then I'd take it absolutely without hesitation because 
I know it was the bubble. I know it was weird. He can score. This guy can score, and he's got size. And I do generally trust the the Bucks medical staff has had a pretty good history over the recent seasons. Anyway, uh, we might not never know what's going on with players, but they've got a pretty good history of keeping keeping guys healthy or getting guys healthy. And I don't know. I, I it's 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 not exactly a great comparison, but Miami did take a risk with a guy like Oladipo. He'll probably sign back there. He's a free agent. I was I was gonna say like you could I, I didn't put Oladipo on this list. You very easily could. We know uh, yeah. that he has a relationship with Giannis. He had great extent. defensive moments against the Celtics. And yeah, and and he had great defensive moments. And again, like you hope that he's getting physically better rather than worse at this point. Yeah. I think what is he twenty eight or twenty nine? Um. And and again, I think it's really just a question of like his offense just you know really comes and goes, but. That's probably the part that you would say that's kind of the upside bet with Oladipo is maybe it comes back and maybe he just needed kind of get, you know, this few months of getting his legs under him and then maybe he's going to be a lot better next year. I, I I would guess that Oladipo probably stays there. It seems like they made a lot of effort to keep him in the fold and, you know, play him during the playoffs, which I didn't, I honestly was like, is he even going to be part of their rotation in the playoffs? Um, so I think that's a really interesting question for Miami is they have Struess, who's a free agent. Uh, I don't know if Gabe Vincent's a free agent or not, but um, they have Duncan Robinson making $18 million a year and not playing <laughs> playoffs. So they have a really interesting situation as far as like how they kind of manage that um, those kind of guards wings. And uh, I, I think the probably the most interesting question is just like, you know, if, if when they're talking to Oladipo about next season, what's the expectation? Like, are they telling him like, you're going to be our starting shooting guard? Because obviously Duncan Robinson doesn't seem like he's in Spoh's good graces. Max Struess starting, like, is that really going to be a, just a thing moving forward? Or um, or maybe they tell Oladipo, hey, you're, you know, you go into camp as the the presumptive two guard. Because I think that would probably be... He would stop that box. That, that's that's what I'm getting at. Like, if if it's not clear, like, what his role is in Miami and the Bucks come to him and say like, Hey, look, we can only offer you the taxpayer mid-level, but we can offer you a one plus one. You know, if you kill it, you get back out on free agency and, you know, we'll, we'll try to offer you more money, but worst case scenario, you go and, and get a big payday elsewhere. Um, that, that is the Bucks pitch. And again, I think just the question is like, you know, Oladipo probably feels like, Hey, these guys believed in me and mm-hmm. stuck with me and I get to be in Miami. <laughs> like, you know, again, it's not a bad deal. So, I agree. I'm really interested to see what they do with him financially. And, um, you know, I mean, he's, I guess, I think he technically has, they have bird rights on him because he hasn't switched teams, even though he, you know, hasn't been on just a single contract. So they can kind of pay him whatever. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. I mean, I, again, I would, I would be fine rolling the dice on a guy like Oladipo just because even though his three point shooting isn't lights out, um, as you said, he has some upside. And I think defensively, obviously, you know, you feel good that, you know, you actually could put him in there and he's not, I mean, again, it's, it's kind of scary when it's like, you're afraid that you're going to downgrade defensively from Wes Matthews, but, um, but that's just kind of where we are. So yeah, I, I didn't have Oladipo originally on my list, but, um, but I think he's definitely an interesting guy to watch there. Uh, so what about you then? I mean, I, honestly, I'm, there's, I, I think, and the next podcast we're going to do is the, is the trade targets. And I've definitely got uh, some names from your list that I'm, I'm super interested in with the trades, which makes sense. You're trading for guys that I'm um, probably getting paid a little bit more in, in general, maybe a, a, a better players 
Is there anyone on this list that you just that, that would be a clear number one target for you? Um, you know, Gary Harris is interesting because he spent like a few seasons in the wilderness, like where it just seemed like yes. he lost his shot. Uh, you know, he gets dealt to Orlando, I guess this was part of the the Aaron Gordon deal, and then kind of quietly has a nice bounce back year. It's 38% from three, you know, average 11 points a game. So it wasn't like he was shooting the lights out. Um, but, you know, I, I can't tell you like what was Gary Harris's defense like last year. I can't speak to it, to be honest. I mean, the the on-off numbers, he were they were better with him offensively and defensively, but they were the magic. So what does that really mean? <laughs> you know. Um, but again, it, the idea of Gary Harris is very appealing to me. He's still not even 28 years old. So I think from an age perspective, you know, he brackets in pretty well. Um, you know, again, like throw Gary Harris in there and say, you know, you're the presumptive starter. Um, I think he, again, should be at least better. He's not a, he's not like a big, big guy or anything like that. I mean, he's six, four, he's not like he's, um, you know, a guy that you want to put on Jason Tatum as a stopper. But, uh, but I think again, with Drew, with Chris, with Giannis um, and Brooke, you know, I don't know that you need like an enormous wing uh, or a super strong, like West type power defensive wing. Right. Um so I, I think you have at least a little bit of flexibility, but you do need a guy that I think, again, like you're not going to like just put a target on his back when he's out there with the starters because he's the obvious weak link and the other team's going to really be able to exploit it. So um, so Harris, I think just, yeah, I mean, he's interesting. Again, I, I'm a little hesitant just because I, I you know, I don't, I don't think any of us have been watching yeah, him right. with the magic over the past year. But um, but again, just from an age perspective, um, he's he's interesting. I mean, there's the pedigree. It used to be good, uh, and I'm 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 really interested to see what they do with with him in terms of you know the contract too because, I mean you know what, let's see who do the let's see last year, um, he started 61 games, um, or sorry he started 30 games so he didn't start all the games, um, but Orlando is kind of in like a bit of a weird spot because you look at their guard depth. Um, you know, they have a fair bit of money invested in Jalen Suggs. I mean, more draft capital invested in Jalen Suggs. And they also obviously still have Markel Fultz, who they're paying a surprising amount of money to. Um, so, again, and, and they have Cole Anthony, who I don't think, I mean, he was shockingly solid last year. But, you know, he had a good year and he shot 39% from, you know, for the field and 34% from three. I think he's kind of, to me, probably more of a just Kobe perpetual... Watt. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like to me like a six man chucker type guy, um, and so I, I again like I just don't look at that as like he's he's like the guy for them. But uh, so so maybe there's an opportunity there where you know again I fully expect them to take a big man at the top of the draft, but um, but you know again is Gary Harris going to start for them next year? I don't I don't think so. Cole Anthony started every game that he played. Uh, Jalen Suggs obviously started 45 of 48 games, which had injuries. Um, and Fultz came back only at the very end of the year and started only three games out of 18, but, you know, they have every reason to try to figure out what, what he can do. So, um, so yeah, I think probably Gary Harris might be the guy that I'm most intrigued by, but, um, but I, I do kind of wonder if I, I mean, I wonder in general, like what did they draw from like seeing Oladipo in the playoffs, given that there had been smoke around Oladipo and, you know, the honest relationship going back a couple years, by the way, Pretty funny slash scary to think back to 
the off season when they end up with trading for Drew Holiday because, I mean, there were there were discussions with the Pacers about basically trying to trade for uh, Victor Oladipo instead, and obviously they wouldn't have given up nearly as much for Victor Oladipo as they did for Drew Holiday, but. I mean, they're not making a move for Drew Holiday if they if they trade for Victor Oladipo. And I mean, one of those sliding doors moments. Who knows how close anything really was? But um, but again, we heard at that point, you know, that there was that Giannis relationship. Um, and let's just say I, I much prefer the idea of you know taking ah, a yes. flyer on him now uh, yeah. versus having had traded a fair bit for him um, a couple years ago. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And and again, uh, that's probably the one name that wasn't on the list. Uh, Victor Oladipo is potentially someone that might be uh, a random target out there. Uh, make sure you check out the Locked On Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Uh, the picks have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is already underway. Uh, so make the ultimate NBA mock draft your second listen after you're done uh, with Locked On Bucks. And then uh, in a few episodes time, when I make my pick at number 24 for the Milwaukee Bucks, then send all your abuse uh, in my direction. Uh, but if the Bucks don't use this pick or they or they make the selection that they bundle it up in a trade, uh, there's a number of guys the Bucks could potentially take. And that's what we're going to talk about on our next episode. Uh, that's a That's a brilliant tease by me. Uh, there, Frank. But let us know out of those names of free agents if we've missed anyone uh, that is intriguing to you. Jump into YouTube comments, jump on Twitter, let us know. And again, jump on Frank's Twitter uh, for this cap sheet, and then you can see all the all the info. And it makes it it's honestly for me that someone that's not an expert as well. It does make it really easy to to get a a, a quick snapshot of how things are looking for the Bucks. It's a it's a really useful tool. Uh, and then keep an eye out. Uh, for this podcast, talking about the players uh, the Bucks potentially could could trade for. So we'll leave it there for now for Frank and myself. Uh, catch you guys next time.